You're listening to the City Hope Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. This weekend, we've kind of themed this weekend around the church um, as Mission Weekend. And uh, I'll tell you about that in just a moment, but uh, Parker and Emily Wilson are here all the way from Tulsa with us this morning, and they're, they're going to speak to you. They're missionaries. They've been, man, all the way... Uh, feels like across the world already just in the last year they've they've been they've been on um, all kinds of trips just in the last couple months here and they're going to get the opportunity to share with you this morning and I'm so excited about that but also what I wanted to tell you is that as they share this morning many of you may be you might feel called to go on a mission trip to be a part of more than just uh, what's happening around here in Murfreesboro maybe you feel called uh, to take a trip either in the country or out of the country uh, we have a team of people who are actually currently working on that at our church, and we're so excited about that. In fact, this weekend, I want to announce to you that next summer, we will be taking a mission trip. I can't tell you the place yet, but so that, that's, to, that's yet to be revealed. But if you're interested in being on one of our missions team, uh, would you do me a favor, grab, the, grab your phone, open up again that City Hope Church app, And under that For You page, I think it's the first thing on the For You page, it talks about joining a missions team. And if you would fill out just an interest form, uh, we're not, what we're not going to do is commit you to going on the next mission trip. This is just saying, hey, I'm interested in going on a trip sometime with the church. And so we're trying to put a list of people together. And so if that's you, you say, I'm interested in going on a missions trip, would you fill out that form? And if you say, Pastor Noah, I just can't do the technology. I, 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 don't, I don't want to download the app. I'm not sure what City Hope is going to do, if they're going to spy on my phone or something. By the way, we won't do that. But uh, for those of you who, who say that, uh, if you would, just grab the connection card in front of you. Uh, fill out that card on the next step. Just say that you want to join a team. And then just, put, just mark that missions. And uh, we will make sure to get that to the right people. But next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here at the church, uh, there's going to be that missions interest meeting. Uh, If you sign up, you'll get notifications throughout the week about that meeting. But we would love for you to join us. And, uh, man, how cool would it be to go on the inaugural mission trip of City Hope Church? And uh, that'd that'd be absolutely awesome. So please fill that out and join us there. And remember, next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here at the church, um, there's going to be a missions meeting. So we'd love for you to join us for that. Well, Listen, this morning, I am so excited to get to introduce to you uh, Pastor Parker and Emily. And um, I, I got to tell you, uh, when I was out in Tulsa at Church on the Move, Pastor Parker, you were like, you were one of my many bosses, I believe, somewhere somewhere in that command chain. And so it's really, it's really awesome uh, to get connected. Since then, uh, Pastor or pa- Parker has... Um, recently just gone full-time into mission work with his wife, Emily, and uh, they serve at a place called Global Ventures that serves people all around the world. And can I tell you, I think they do it so well. I think it's one of the, I think really it's one of the best places I've ever heard of, not just because they go in and do these trips, but they also resource churches and they're there for an extended period of time. And they just love people. And uh, I just got to honor you, Parker and Emily both, you guys are some life-giving people, and um, man, me and my wife got to hang out with them yesterday, and we showed them all around Murfreesboro, and uh, went to 17th Street Barbecue. You know, we had to had to had to get all the good things in, and um, I just got to say, I've never I've never had someone in my life that listens more than you both do. You guys are just excellent listeners, and as much as as much as we I was wanting to know about you yesterday. You guys just kept asking questions and just loving on us and the church. And just honestly, I don't know anyone else who just, who loves to listen and take in more than more than you guys do. And I thank you for that because for me and Emily that, as you know, as a pastor, it can be a lot of just, we're, we're always taking that in. And for us just to talk with you guys and uh, and just hang out and just spend the day with you yesterday. Man, it was an honor, and um, man, it's an honor to just have you both from Tulsa here in little old Murfreesboro, and so we're so, as a church, we're so excited what you guys are doing. I'm excited to hear your update this morning, 
and uh, it's going to be fantastic. So, church, why don't you stand up on your feet, welcome our guest, Parker and Emily Wilson. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to be here. Um, it's very kind of you, Pastor Noah and Pastor Emily. Um, I have some great memories with him. And to see what God is doing here at City Hope Church, golly, to look out and see everybody, uh, it's amazing. Give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have loved getting to just hear what God's been doing. You guys have just come out of 21 days of prayer recently. And who loved that? I mean, come on. I know it was probably early mornings and different things. But God's answering those prayers. We love the vision of the church to save the lost, bring them hope, and change the city. And um, it's, it's very special to see y'all doing that. And then this past uh, month series of detox, I was listening to some of it, and I was taking notes. I was like, man, this is good. This is so good. Um, yeah, it's, it's evident that God is moving here and now, and it's, it's special. We got to meet Susan, and uh, she was in the lobby, and she said, you know, God needed this church here in Murfreesboro. And um, it's, it's evident to see that. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to uh, honor Pastor Noah and Pastor Emily. Um, you guys are so genuine, and to see your passion for Jesus and your love for him, um, it's, it's not just for others, which is great, but it's very personal for you guys, how you love him, how you know him, how you seek after him daily. And uh, Emily and I were talking last night, we are like, Man, if we lived here, we would want to come to this church. We want to be, like, best friends with them. <laughs> um, but we just wanted to say thank you uh, for allowing us to, to be a part. Um, and then, Pastor Emily, for, for you to pour into the next generation, um, that, that's a big, a big deal. Um, and God's heart as well for helping raise up leaders. So um, let's give them a big round of applause. We love you. Yeah, we're so thankful to be here. Um, right when we walked in, just felt so welcomed. And um, man, y'all's church building is so cool, too. It's probably the coolest church building I've ever been in. But um, yeah, today we want to give you some context of who we are, um, who we, uh, the missions organization that we work with. And then we also want to make missions practical for you all. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh just wanted to say thank you because I know with your vision offering last year, as you guys partnered with us, you're not only partnering with us, you're sending out the gospel. You're sending out the most important message of all time, and we get to do it together. So as we share some videos, as we share some stories, it's not just more about the missions organization or about us. It's about all of us together because the, the money that you gave, the prayers that you guys have, the encouragement that you are to us, it genuinely helps people know Jesus all around the world. And um, so thank you. Thank you for partnering. And we just wanted to share some stories today. So, um, yeah. So I'll start with how I got involved with missions. Um, I'm actually from a small town in Alabama. It's very similar to Murfreesboro, um, which is awesome because when we were here, it just feels like home. Um, I love I love being in a small town and uh, seeing farms and, uh, yeah, and the barbecue yesterday was so good. So oh, my goodness. It feels, Amen. feels like home here. Um, but, yeah, I'm from a small town in Alabama, and I grew up there my whole life. I uh, went to a Christian uh, to a Christian school, a small Christian school, and then um, had a great church that I grew up at, a great Christian family. So I'm so thankful for my upbringing. Uh, when I was about 13, I went to a summer camp with a youth group, and there was a missionary there who was from India, or a missionary to India, and he shared about how there are still people around the world who have never heard about Jesus. Um, they have never had the chance to hear about him. And being from a small town in Alabama, 
I was used to seeing churches on every corner and hearing about Jesus all the time and Jesus in my school and in my family. But it blew my mind that there are people still who had not even had the chance to hear. So I knew from that moment when I was 13 that God was calling me to be a missionary. And so um, couldn't go out into the mission field right then because I was 13. I had to finish high school. So I finished high school. And then um, in 2017, I moved to Oklahoma, um, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to be a part of Global Ventures. It's a nonprofit missions organization, and we do missions all over the world. Um, and we love to take teams on these mission trips. So um, yeah, I did an internship program with them, started in 2017, and graduated in 2020. And then in 2022, I uh, became a staff member. Uh, and then in uh, going back to 2020, um, I felt like God was telling me to go to a new church, um, find a new church. So I visited a church called Abide. Um, I think some of you have heard of it with Pastor Dan DeBell. And um, Parker was actually a part of that church, so I met him for the first time. Um, it's a great place to meet people at church. So yeah, amen. I was so thankful, <laughs> so thankful to have met him. But that's a little bit of my story. And we just want to give you a little bit of context of who we are because you're probably thinking, okay, who are these guys? So uh, bear with us for just a little bit. But, um, yeah, I got to, um, growing up, got to go to a Christian uh, school as well. And being from Tulsa, I always thought my town was small. And then uh, I realized I am a lot more city than I'd like to admit. And so, uh, anyway, but um, had a great Christian family, great Christian school, and then got to... Um, be a part of the ministry that was going on there um, at Church on the Move, and uh, that's how Pastor Noah and I met, and it's amazing. I, I talk about his passion because he's always been passionate, but whenever we were working in the kids' ministry, a lot of the time, he would be working on the graphics, so he'd be back there uh, making, like, behind the computer, so I didn't really see as much of him preaching or teaching, although I knew he was able to, so whenever he like felt the call of God to launch a church and do these things. It was, it's just amazing to see. I love getting to just hear your heart for the Lord. Um, and we have a lot of fun memories of small groups that uh, just ended, turned up into movie nights. Like, I don't think we even talked about, well, I probably shouldn't share that, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but Emily and I uh, met, like she said, in 2020 at the church. And during that time is when I got connected with Global Ventures. And from the ministry aspect, I, I, I loved the kids' ministry. I um, loved getting to see what all God was doing. But I had never seen that there were all these people around the world who never heard about Jesus. And uh, so we decided to become full-time missionaries with Global Ventures. And I get to be uh, helping kids uh, with kids' curriculum all over the world. Um, so a lot of churches, they don't have... Um, a kids ministry, really, or any concept of where do you start telling people about Jesus, especially at a young age. So we get to help with curriculum that trains those pastors, trains those kids and how to know Jesus. And uh, it's, it's an honor and a blessing. Yeah. It's cool to see him. Uh, like, kids ministry is his passion and definitely a gift from God. And to see him take it into missions is amazing. So um, and then what my role is at Global Ventures, I'm the digital media specialist, which basically means I do graphic design, um, help with social media, and then I'm the photographer too. Um, so I love getting to use our gifts for reaching the lost, um, but we love preaching and uh, discipleship too, so we'll share some of that. Yeah. But we want to show a video of Global Ventures to give you some context about who Global Ventures is. Four billion. That's how many people have never heard the gospel one time. Most of these people live in the 1040 window, an area that spans across Northern Africa, the Middle East, into Southern Asia. This region primarily consists of Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists with little to no access to the gospel, a church, or even a Bible. Despite this overwhelming need, the 1040 window has less missionary activity than anywhere else. 
Global Ventures exists to change that. Our mission is to initiate a global evangelism movement by raising up an army of frontline harvesters. Through our combined efforts, we aim to see one billion souls come to Christ in our lifetime. All of you that said that prayer, wave real big at me tonight. We organize large-scale mission projects where believers from all walks of life experience hands-on ministry through children's outreaches, innovative evangelism, and citywide festivals. We also aid impoverished communities through food drives and clean water initiatives. In order to duplicate our efforts, we establish churches in unreached areas and train pastors and leaders to disciple new believers. At our ministry headquarters, we train and equip a new generation of harvesters through intensive programs like our Global Ventures School of Missions. Through this approach, we have seen millions of people come to Christ as we continue forward toward our goal. Join us in making the ultimate difference in someone's life as we take the gospel further than ever before. Hi, I'm John Smithwick, founder of Global Ventures. Yeah, so that's Thank you for that's a little time. bit who we are as Global Ventures, and uh, it's not just an advertising uh, thing. We just wanted to share a little bit of context of uh, the ministry um, and then show some videos and pictures of what all God's doing. But this summer, we got to go to Brazil, Peru, and Romania. And during that time, um, we were there in those countries for about two months total. And as you saw in the, the video, we go into schools, we go into marketplaces, we go wherever people are, and we gather people to share the gospel of Jesus. Because in these areas, a lot of people, um, they've, they have no concept of who Jesus is. They don't have a Bible. They don't have a life-giving church like this. They don't have a Christian in their community. And so whenever we say, hey, have you heard about Jesus? They think, they're thinking, is he somebody in your group? Like, did you bring him with you? You know, they, they just don't know. And so we, we start from the beginning of God created the entire world, and we share about creation and his love and all these different things. But we share the simple gospel of Jesus, that he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of them, and stuff that we all know, that we've known since we were younger, and we get to share that with them. And thousands of people here the gospel for the very first time. And that's why there's so many people that come because there's prizes and there's games. But the most important thing that we give them is hope and Jesus and they receive eternal life, even if they don't win like a motorcycle or a prize or anything like that. Um, but I, I wanted to share the story. Um, I, I remember sending it to Pastor Noah. We were at a school and there's probably kids from five to 15 years old. And this is in Peru and there's maybe about 100 kids there and we're sharing the gospel with them. We have a fun clown and engaging them. And so we're looking out as we share about Jesus and almost every single hand goes up as they pray and their eyes are closed and they're, they're praying to receive Jesus. It's one of the most special moments you can ever have in your life. Whenever he, it's so genuine, it's so genuine. And I was scanning the crowd, and I look over, and there's this one girl. She's in a wheelchair. Her name is Nicole, and she prayed to receive Jesus. And then we talked about healing. We said, hey, God wants to, to heal you. And so we prayed. And after we prayed, I went over and talked to her, and I said, hey, did you just receive Jesus to be your best friend? And she said, yes, I did. I was like, that's amazing. That's the, that's the most important decision. And I said, you know what? He wants to heal you. He doesn't want to see you bound in this wheelchair. And so I said, do you want to walk? And she said, yes, I want to walk. And so we prayed and we, we said, in the name of Jesus, we command, command this pain or whatever is going on in her, her knees to leave. And we said, let's stand up and let's walk. And I want to show you a video of what happened. So this is her taking her very first steps in her entire life.
And I'm, as I'm talking to her, we're helping her and we're walking. And I'm saying, do you feel any pain? And she says, no, I feel no pain. And as we keep going, I keep asking her, how do you feel? And she's just smiling. She has one of the biggest smiles on her face. I said, do you have any pain? No. That was Nicole taking her very first steps ever at, at 14 years old. And it might look very small. And we were helping her because she's never stood up before. She never stood up. She'd never gotten out of that wheelchair before. But the healing power of God went through her body. And she was able to take those very first steps. And her life is changed forever. The teacher's faces, their jaws were on the ground. They're like... <laughs> because they've known her her entire life, and they couldn't believe. So they were, they were so excited. They, they knew, they were like, Jesus healed you. And she was like, yeah, Jesus is healing me. So we're believing that she is completely healed. We, we got in touch with her parents, and that's one individual life that's changed forever. Um, and we just wanted to share that. Yeah, yeah definitely deserves a hand clap. Um, and we wanted to share, too, with every... With every country that we go to, um, we always work with churches close by the city where we're in um, because we don't want to just get all these people saved and then not have anywhere for them to go. So um, this, this year, this summer in Peru, uh, Parker and I had the opportunity to stay after the big team left um, to help train the pastors and the leaders on how to do discipleship and follow up with the new believers. And that's one of our favorite parts, too. Um, because, um, yeah, it's so cool to see, even with pastors, to see their eyes open up to the, har to the harvest and, uh, like, to see their hearts for the lost and because um, they need tools. Uh, we have a discipleship curriculum that Global Ventures wrote, and we get to give this to the pastors for them to do follow-up with the new believers. Um, and we don't have a picture with us today, but we wanted to share about one home visit from this summer in Peru. Uh, we were at a new believer's home, and it was a family. They had their son with them, but he didn't come up until the end. But um, he was about 10 years old. And um, at the end of every lesson, we, at the end of every visit, I'll say visit instead, um, we give a Bible to each family because most of these families don't have Bibles. Um, and if they've heard about the Bible, normally they don't think that it's something they can read for themselves. They think that it's something that a priest reads or something like that. But we all know the Bible is for us to read personally. So anyways, to give them a Bible. And um, this son came up, and he looked at the Bible, and his eyes got wide, and he looked so surprised and happy. And the dad said, tell them what you just asked for the other day. And he said, I asked for my own Bible. Yeah, and the family hadn't been able to buy one, and there we were right there able to give, the, give him one. So thank you. Thank all of you for uh, giving to help that happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you guys. And we share this because there's still ongoing evangelism. There's still ongoing discipleship. The pastors are still going from house to house because in these areas, uh, in Peru specifically, there were over 27,000 salvations in just one week. And so they, they were, it was like, it would be, to give you a little bit of context, it'd be like for y'all saying, okay, Pastor Noah, there were 800 people who just accepted Jesus in the town over, and now they're all going to come to your church. And so he would be like, all right, everybody, let's giddy up. Let's call some people. And he would get the whole church involved to go and to help these people know Jesus and, and be discipled, which is that's why I love the vision of the church. It's, it's truly reaching the lost and then bringing them hope, helping them be discipled. And it changes the city. And we wanted to show you guys that you guys are changing the world as well. Not, and, and it's amazing. But I want to share one more story. Uh, <laughs> I, I laugh because you guys are probably never going to forget it. It's, um, uh, so... We shared about Jesus at this festival. This is one of the last nights in Brazil. And we shared about Jesus. So many people gave their hearts. And then this, we shared about healing 
and how God wants to heal them. We have Bible stories that people act out, and we share that, hey, Jesus wants to heal you right here, right now. And God does what he does best. People start getting healed, uh, blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening. It's the faith like a child to where they're just, they're healed, and it's amazing. And so this man runs up, and we have a team of people that help verify that they just got healed because we want to, um, we don't want to stretch the truth. We want to be very conservative and what we share and accurate in what we share because it's salvations, it's uh, healings, it's uh, God knows all of that, and we want to be good stewards of that. So I'm usually not the person to write down the stories because they come up and we usually ask them, hey, uh, how long have you been, how long had you had the pain? Um, what was it? And then what happened after we prayed? Well, I, I listen so much, I don't really, <laughs> I, like, I'm not really great at multitasking, and so I'm usually not that guy. I write in all caps. I write kind of slow. I don't speak the language, so this is through interpretation. And this man runs up to me. He's about 45 years old, and he starts sharing that he's had hemorrhages for 17 years. And I was like, oh, man. And I, and I said, wow, that's amazing. How, like, what happened after we prayed? He said, the pain is gone all the hemorrhages are gone. And I was like, oh, man, we, we started almost dancing. You know, we're just so excited. He's, he's like running around excited. And then we realized he couldn't hear out of one ear. He was deaf in one ear. And so I said, wow, the same God who healed you of hemorrhages, he wants to open up your ear right now. And so we prayed for that ear. And God did what he does best. He popped open that deaf ear, and he started to hear, and we, we tested it. So what we do, he, he covered up that ear that he could hear out of before. And I would start clapping and go farther and farther away to where we were feet, and he could hear out of that ear. And so we're so excited. We're like, you got to share what God's doing. you got to share with all these thousands of people. On the stage. On the stage. I mean, God just healed you. There's two amazing healings. Well, what I didn't realize is that instead of writing down hemorrhages, I wrote down hemorrhoids. <laughs> and I don't know if you know what hemorrhoids are. Um, we don't have a picture We of don't that. have a picture of that. <laughs> Thankfully. You're welcome. <laughs> so this man gets up. The first time he can hear out of this ear for his entire life in front of thousands of people. He's so excited, and he gets up, and they're like, this man has been struggling with hemorrhoids for 17 years. And he, his face, like, we got it on video. I mean, he's, he was smiling in that picture, but before, he was like, <laughs> like he was like, no. Um, thankfully, it was corrected. Thankfully, it was corrected. And they announced it was hemorrhages. Yes, instead. and they announced it was hemorrhages. And um, nobody knew that except me. I realized at that moment I had made a huge mistake. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's a funny story. But if he did have hemorrhoids, I'm believing that he's healed from that as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe a, a, three, a three healing. But, um, yeah, God, God's moving in these areas. And those are just some of the stories um, but there are thousands and thousands of individual lives that were changed forever because of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for being a part of that, for sending us to go do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you can tell, there's an urgent need to share the gospel. Um, there's billions of people who have never heard before, and we want to talk about that today. Um, why we should live with a sense of urgency to reach the lost. Yeah, so you, I mean, I know there's a lot of different things, but you think about what is urgency? What is, uh, <laughs> there are so many different areas that we can think of urgent. Like you get a phone call from your boss and it's urgent, or you're in traffic and you really got to go somewhere. I don't know if it's, it's like this here, but you're in traffic and you feel that urgent, that sense of urgency. And then the person in front of you is going like five miles an hour and it really just starts to get, you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get there. I gotta move or there's different family situations. There's different times before urgency in our lives, but we can, we can apply that urgency to reaching the lost. And in the Bible, the biblical definition of urgency is it's going, uh, there's a lot of Greek words, and I don't speak Greek, um, <laughs> so I won't uh, try to, but it talks about being direct or straight. And in Mark there's so many times in that gospel where it says immediately 
or at once. And that's what urgency means. Immediately, at once, they went to go share the gospel. And it appears over a hundred times throughout the Bible. A lot in the New Testament and a lot in the Old Testament as well. So it's a big point of urgency. But why? Why should we live with the sense of urgency to reach the lost? Can you pull up the picture that has uh, two pictures side by side on the slides? So um, this is a picture, um, well, actually two pictures from uh, 2019 when I was in Bangladesh. Um, Bangladesh is right beside India. And um, this country is, it has the biggest people group that is unreached in the whole world. Um, And while I was there, we were in the van and we were on our way to the place to the site that we were going to minister at. And um, while we were in the van, I just looked out the window. We were going, going over a um, train track, which is here in the, in the right picture. And there were just hundreds of people all around us. And I thought, God, we're just, we're passing these people, these hundreds of people to get to our next place to minister. But who's going to reach these people? These people are just getting passed by right now. And they don't have any any chance, any uh, opportunity to hear the gospel. God, what are we going to do about that? And in that moment, that's when I felt that sense of urgency. Like, God, we have to get here. We have to go back. We have to get back to Bangladesh. And um, in that moment, I just prayed, God, mark my heart right now for these people. Mark, Mark my heart for the unreached, for those people who have never had a chance to hear about you. And um, yeah. That's what I felt in this moment, and we want to talk about that. Um, and this, this sense of urgency, this uh, feeling that, that I had in my heart, is not just for missionaries. Um, we're regular people, and we, we just have a heart to reach the lost. Um, but God is calling us all to have that heart to reach the lost. Yeah, and so the first reason, if you're taking notes, if you got your... Uh Two pages. Wow, I didn't think that would, there'd be that much notes. So good thing you guys love content. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Noah was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but the first thing is that there's a need. There's a need to share the gospel. And in Mark 9, 36, out of the words of Jesus himself, he says whenever he looked on the fields, with, he looked out on the crowd. He looked out on the crowd and he had compassion on them because they seemed weary and helpless like Sheep without a shepherd. So we saw all these people, and he had compassion on them, and he saw the need. And then later on in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission, he shares this. He says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, of all nations, because there's so many people that have never heard about Jesus before. And in the Greek, make all nations, the word nations actually means it's uh, ethne, ethnos, (laughs) and it means people groups. So it means go make disciples of all people groups. And we wanted to share how many people groups there were here in uh, the world right now. We just looked this up, and there's over 17,000. There's 17,446 people groups in the world right now. We just looked this up like last week. Um, And it's amazing to think about that. But then how many people group are in the unreached? And like we said, unreached means there's no Bible, there's no church, they've never heard the gospel one time. Out of that 17,000, over 7,391, that's 42.4% of people in the world have never heard. They, They don't have any context of who Jesus is. So there's a great need. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people who live in those uh, 7,391 uh, 7, people groups is 4 billion, around 4 billion people. That's not 4 million, that was 4 billion. Uh, and we don't, we don't share these numbers to overwhelm you or uh, to make it feel like it's not possible to reach these people, because it is. Um, but we just want you to see that need. Yeah. And that's, that's over half the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in Matthew 24, 14, it says, This gospel 
must be preached to the whole, to every nation, to the whole world, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Yeah, so that shows us the need. Um, the end of the world won't come until every people group has heard the gospel. So, yeah, we, we definitely have a job to do. And you could see just from what we've shared today and what that video that we showed, there's such a need to share the gospel here in Murfreesboro. And we want to make this super practical for you today as well. Here in Murfreesboro, in Illinois, in our country, um, as well as all over the world, there's such a need. Um, and the second reason we want to live with the sense of urgency is because we've been given a command We've been given a command from Jesus, and uh, a lot of times in life, the most important things that people say are, are the last things that they say. You know, you hear about, um, on, he said this to me on his deathbed, or whatever that might be, but Jesus, all throughout the Gospels, at the end of them, he always talks about go. He says, go and make disciples. Go and preach the Gospel, and in Mark 16, 15, he says that. It says, go, as you go into all the world. Preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. That's that's was Jesus' mission. That's why he was here. You look at the life of Jesus, and it's not just a command. He lived it out. The whole Bible is God's heart for people. It's all about winning souls for Jesus. And um, so that's why he commands us, because that's why he gave his life. And for all of us. As you know, as a church right here in Riversboro, we're all called to win souls. And one of the, one of the best things I love is in Acts, uh, is, when Jesus says, is, is when Jesus says this in Acts 1.8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's such a good verse because it says, and, and, and. It's all these places. It's, it's in Murfreesboro. It's in Illinois. It's in the United States. It's in these different cities all over. It's the entire world. It's, it's all of us together working to help people know Jesus, reaching the lost, and really fulfilling the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another reason that we need to live with a sense of urgency, the most important reason, is because Jesus is worthy of it. Uh, yes, in Revelations 5, 7 through 9, it says, He stepped forward, talking about Jesus, and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Go to the next verse. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. <clears throat> and they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus is worthy. When he died on the cross, he died for each of you, but he also died for every person, every generation from that moment until now, until the end of the earth. So he is worthy for us to live with that sense of urgency, for us to bring him uh, what he paid for. He paid for every single person, and he deserves to have every soul. Yeah. So what does this look like for us? Uh, I say us because we're all in this together. We're, we're working, and what can we do? Because we, we see the why. We've, we've seen what God's doing and what his heart is for the world. We know about reaching the lost. But what does that look like for you today here in Murfreesboro? Here, whenever you go back to your house with your friends, with your family, what can we do? And we have to fight for our sense of urgency. Well, the first thing we do is we look up. We have to look up. And Jesus talks about this in uh, John 4 whenever he goes and sees the woman at the well. And she is someone who uh, had, and I encourage you to go back and read the story. She had like five husbands, and then the, there was another person that she wasn't with, and so she wasn't really the type of people that you think he would be, want to be ministering to. But he was out there, and he talked to her, he listened to her, he cared for her, and he had a conversation with her. And ended up 
just Sharon and helping her have eternal life, the living water, him. It's amazing. But he says this whenever his disciples come back up. In John 4, 34 through 35, he said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I think for all of us, we could say the same thing. You know, we're here to do God's will and to help finish his work. And it says this, don't you have a saying, it's still four months till harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Um, open your eyes, look at the fields. And uh, I'm going to let Emily share a little bit about this because harvest, what that means, you guys know this a lot better than I do as a city boy. I don't really know that much about harvest and farms. And uh, Pastor Noah was telling me a little bit about it, but yeah, she knows she knows so what I do. In this verse, is talking about the harvest fields, and the harvest fields; those are people, um, those are souls. I'm sure most of you have have read this verse and heard it before, but I know it would make sense. It would make sense to people who are farmers or people who know about um, harvest fields because you know when it's time. To harvest your crop, what do you do? You harvest it. Uh, you don't let it go to waste. If it's if it's ripe, if it's ready, it's time to harvest. And so what Jesus is saying here, there are people who are ready to be harvested. Um, they are their hearts are ripe. All they need is for someone to come and share God's love with them. And um, because as we know, if you if you let a ripe harvest just sit there, it goes to waste. It spoils. And so for people, if they're just living their lives, um, their hearts are ready, they're ripe, but they never have someone reach out to them and, and share God's love with them, they spoil. Their soul will go to hell because they haven't been shared with. They haven't uh, had someone share God's love with them. And um, so we don't want to do that. We want to harvest that ripe crop of souls. So practically looking up, what does this mean? I mean, you guys probably already do this every day. We're just here to encourage you in it. Look up, see the people around you, at your job, in your family. Uh, I, I heard it said this way um, a couple years back. There was a guy, and he always said anywhere he went, he always had his headphones in, his AirPods. Um, and he was just on a mission. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's easy to get caught up and busy and all these things and going. And one day, he was at the grocery store getting his groceries, and the Lord told him, hey, I want you to talk to this lady. Just just smile at her talk. But he has his headphones in. He's walking around, you know. He's got other things to do. But in that moment, God spoke to his heart and said, hey, look up. See the person in front of you. And that's, that's what this is all about as we go into our daily lives, as we go not only from church but to work with our family, with our friends, everywhere we're at. Look up. Listen. Talk. Ask. And um, uh, it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's so vital to do. Yeah. Um, something else that you can do to have that sense of urgency is to pray. Um, John 4, I'm sorry, Matthew 9, 36 and 38. Um, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So that's a command right there to pray for more people to be sent out. Um, but we encourage you also pray for your friends who you know are lost and pray for your family members. I know um, we have family members and I'm sure so many of you in this room have family members who we would say are far from God or um, who you know haven't received Jesus yet. And so, um, yeah, as Christians, it's our job to pray for those people. Um, you can pray for their eyes to be open and their hearts to be soft and ready to receive Jesus. And I don't know how many of you guys have heard this, but the, the granny is like, well, I'm, my granny was praying for me for years. You know, uh, That's so true, though. That's, that's powerful. We've heard it, and it's kind of a joke, but that, I mean, prayers are powerful and effective, and they change lives. I mean, they help win people to Jesus. So, um, and then the last thing is to run with it. Uh, the last fill in the blank is run. And um, we have some practical ways we can do that. The first is, like we talked about, asking someone how they're doing. It's not rocket science, but it's, it's being intentional, asking how someone is doing, listening to them, 
caring for them. Seeing how you can pray. Pray is the next one. Pray for someone. When, hey, how can I pray for you? It's, it's sometimes just getting out of our comfort zone to pray. To, even if it's in the middle of a store or something. You don't have to be like, in the name of Jesus. You know, like, please don't. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy, but just pray. Um, and then there's, there's other things that we can do. We can share our story. Jesus has done a work in all of our lives, or else we wouldn't be here. And so we can share what God's done for us, in us, through us. We can share about Jesus, share about his love, share about God's love through Jesus. Share about God's love through Jesus. That's simply sharing, hey, Jesus loves you. He wants a personal relationship with you. If he did this for me, he can do it for you. And then one thing I love as Pastor, Pastor Noah, as he always gives a salvation prayer at the end, I know we've said it, you guys have said it multiple times, multiple times, but whenever we started doing this, it was kind of hard to remember, okay, what am I supposed to say? Is it dear God, uh, you know, like learning the salvation prayer because we've said it so many times, but that's just practical things that we can do, sharing our story, asking someone, praying for someone, and it's not, like I said, rocket science, but it gets us out of our comfort zone. It, as we do it, people receive Jesus, and um, it's powerful. It's powerful. And we had a, uh, we had a video we wanted to show real quick. Um, that's just a, a fun way to to kind of make this practical for you. I don't know anybody here superhero fans. Anybody in there? I see no hands. That's good. Okay, one. Yes. Amen. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of movies that, that happen. Um, yeah, is it, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just talk about it because uh, we, we, we got to wrap up here. But Well, the superhero we're talking about is Wonder Woman. Um, and then this video, I mean, this movie, it's the first, um, first new-ish Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot. And... Um, as missionaries and sometimes as Christians, I feel like we always see movies or hear stories and like try to apply it to our uh, to our Christian walk. Um, my parents or my mom would always think of a object lesson out of everything. So that's I'm like, man, I'm turning into my mom. Um, but with this movie, um, they're they're about to go into battle, um, but Wonder Woman and the people who are with her they weren't supposed to fight that battle. They were just passing through. But someone called out to her, um, help us. There's women and children here who are, who are being killed, um, and we need help. And uh, the guys who are with Wonder Woman, they said, this, isn't our battle. this is not our battle to fight. We have to keep going. We're, we're on another mission. We can't, we can't do this right now. But she said, are we supposed to do nothing? We're just supposed to pass them. Um, and they said, we can't save everyone. But Wonder Woman, she said, uh, well, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I have to save someone. So for the scene, she like she takes off her cloak, and you see her shield, and she just looks really cool. But like you see her uh, deflect all the arrows and the bullets and everything like that. And it's just a really cool picture of like not – not being blind to the people around us. Um, if you want to, you can look up that scene. Uh, it's really cool to see. But there's a spiritual battle all around us. Um, things that are pulling us away from looking up. Um, you know, I'm a young person and I'm used to phones, um, cell phones. And it's so easy to just scroll all the time and just be consumed with what's right in front of me instead of looking up and seeing what's actually in front of me. Um, so I'm guilty of that, but I'm trying to look up and see people. So I want to encourage you too, um, with Luke 10, 2 through 3, if we can pull that up real quick. It says, he told them, again, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are, f are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And then he says, go. He tells us to go. And that's what he's telling us all here today. Um, yeah, God knew that, he, that you were going to be here at this appointed time. He knew that you were going to be the age that you are. He knew you are going to have the sphere of influence that you have. 
and he has people that he wants you to reach. So, um, yeah, and I, I encourage you as we close out in prayer today, um, ask God to mark this in your heart. Uh, mark the loss give you, to give you that, um, that good burden of reaching the lost. Yeah, and as we've, we've talked about this today, um, we definitely want to give the opportunity for anyone uh, who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus to have one. And so everyone would bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. As, as you've heard today, as we've shared these things, what all God's doing in the nations and what we've gotten to be a part of, if you say, hey, I don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, I want to have that, to know him, uh, to have him as my Savior and Lord. He wants that. He's here right now. He's working. He's speaking to our hearts. And if that's you, and you say, you know what, today's the day I want to, to be a part of God's family, uh, just raise your hand. Be bold. Awesome. Praise God. See a hand right here. See a hand right here. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. So let's, let's all pray this together out loud as a church family. This prayer, it's very simple, but it's very powerful because God who loves you and sent his son Jesus for you, he's going to come into your life and change everything, just like you saw with Nicole, just like you saw with these people. Let's say this together. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Forgive me, Forgive me of all the bad things I've done. All the bad things I've done. I, believe I believe Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus rose from the dead and, is alive. and is alive. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be, my Lord. Be, my Savior. be my Savior. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen. amen. Give yourselves a big round of applause. <laughs> Praise God. That's why we are here. That's why we're here. It's an honor to do this together. It's not we. It is we. It's all of us. You guys are winning souls. You guys are helping people know Jesus here in Murfreesboro, all over the world. Thank you for truly reaching the lost together. We love you. Give yourselves a round of applause one more time. <laughs>